when I went started my own business, people were like, oh, wow, you built GiveWP. Now you're doing this. I want you to do that for me. Now my biggest customer is Pressable. And so you have these opportunities because people know you and because they know that you actually care about them. And the only way it works is if you actually care about them. Hey, Feasters, and welcome to Episode 9 of Season 3 of Live in the Feast. Bridget Willard specializes in business-to-business relationship marketing and uses Twitter primarily for that. I asked her exactly what this means and why she does it, and she so eloquently explained that it's all about the people and that the only way business is successful is if you care about them. If you're new to the show, I'm Jason Resnick, and Live in the Feast is a podcast for freelancers like you looking to build a profitable business and get recurring revenue so that you can live the life of your own design. And if you aren't new to the show and enjoy what we do here, why not head on over to iTunes and hit that subscribe button. And while you're there, why don't you go ahead and leave us a five-star rating and review. In this episode, Bridget shared her whole business strategy on how to use Twitter effectively for your business, how to leverage the lists function to identify and segment out your customers and potential customers, how to engage by jumping into conversations daily and building upon those conversations to become a connector of people. She also shares with us how to build affinity on Twitter, which then leads into loyalty, which leads then into sales. I've been on Twitter since 2009 and never thought of it and the engagement like Bridget dives into in this episode. So let's get into it. This episode is brought to you by Feast, the premium online coaching and community designed for web developers, designers, marketers, and freelancers of all type wanting to specialize their business and build recurring revenue that's profitable and sustainable. Today's market is ever-changing and yesterday's advice won't cut it. Feast members get access to the roadmap and training library which includes everything you need to niche down, build recurring revenue, and become that go-to respected person for your services. That together with monthly roundup calls, exclusive workshops, expert chit chats, and our Slack community, you'll have everything you need to live the life of your own design. If you're serious about not competing on price and having clients that respect you and your expertise, then join Feast. Head over to feastcourse.com today. Hey, Feasters. Today's featured guest is Bridget Willard. Welcome, Bridget. Hi, thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. Appreciate it. Uh, Bridget is a consultant, a teacher, social media strategist who helps her clients with relationship marketing, which I want to learn a little bit more about myself because I have my own idea of that. <laughs> but she's also the co-organizer of Women Who WP Meetup and the team rep for the marketing team at WordPress. Bridget, I'm sure I didn't really do justice to that intro. Why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit more about who you are and why you do what you do? 
Oh, wow. Well, I thought that was pretty succinct. I like being concise, but that's pretty much what I do for my um, volunteer work. I'm also a co-host of WP Blab, which is on the Water Cooler Network with Jason Tucker. And um, I mean, I'm kind of a passionate person who went to school to be a teacher. And then I was, as my trade, I was a secretary. And then in 2009, I just sort of self-taught marketer came out of me and um then i started learning about wordpress in 2015 and uh, my first um, project with wordpress was writing testing plugins and writing about them for wordpress.com so i pretty much like had a wordpress.com blog in 2007 went to my first word camp in 2013 built my site in 2015 and two months later was testing plugins and running about them. So I'm, I'm an all in kind of a person, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> no, that that's, that's great. I mean, uh, also not a developer, but I did start free code camp and I'm stuck on my first project. So there you go. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Hey, well, yeah. I mean, that's, that's interesting. I mean, how'd you make that left turn then? Like, I'd like, hey, you know what? I'm trained in this this field, but you know what? This looks better. <laughs> okay, well, so, you know, sometimes it's, it's necessity and circumstances and the perfect storm of your life, right? So I actually have an autoimmune disease called chronic fatigue syndrome. Mm-hmm. And because of that, I had to stop doing a lot of the things I was doing and I had to rest. I had to to do bed rest. So I would come home from work and be just be in bed. And that, that happened in 20, 2005. So when I heard about uh, WordPress.com and Twitter from Leo Laporte, the tech guy.com, I was like, this is great. And I just went to social media because my life became so isolated because I had to say no to so many things so that I could just continue working and get my own homeostasis of my my life right and so what happened it's just so funny because that one thing that most people would find just crippling and it and it literally is sometimes became one of many defining moments in my life because then i learned something i learned how to make relationships with people online that were real okay so then we have the economy. I was in construction. The economy just died in 2009. Right. And so I said, well, I'm here. I've got a computer. I have time. What can I do? I can't do sales. I can't do outside sales, but I can write about our projects. I can let people know that we're still um, in business. So I started WordPress.com blog for that because I had made some piece of crap website the, from a theme I stole from Zen Garden or something. You know, like mm-hmm. it was right. terrible, but I didn't know how to do a blog. I just knew I could go to WordPress.com. I get a blog, you know. So like I just started like Twitter and and I'm still proud of that account because I left in 2015, but they still have 20,000 followers. So like I just I, I know whatever I can do, I'm going to do. And that that kind of attitude resonates in tech. And, and it resonates, especially in WordPress, because um, there's something that they, this culture does not appreciate as anybody helpless. They'll help you as long as you try. But if right. you're a helpless person, you know, go use Wix. Right. No, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, you know, I found, I found some comfort in the WordPress space as well. I mean, my background comes from 
Java development and Ruby on Rails development. And, and those communities are fantastic. But at, from a developer standpoint, it was like <laughs> they didn't share work, right? And when I struck out on my own, much like yourself, I was I didn't, I didn't, I don't have a team. I still don't have a team. And how was I going to learn this thing? Right. And I did that through, that's why I say Twitter's my home away from home because I met fantastic people. I've had long lasting relationships through there, you know, friendships and colleagues and work relationships and all that stuff built on the foundation that is, you know, the community that WordPress has. So it's, it's, you know, when people hate on WordPress, sometimes, you know, I like from a developer standpoint, I get what they're saying, but at the same time, I'm like, it's not always all about that. Right. I mean, that's why I specialize in Twitter relationship marketing. So like, I mean, it's just something I call it because for me, Twitter allowed me to, to meet people I never would have had access to, right. to have conversations with people I never would have had access to or would have thought of or would have known. And so um, not only did it help build the business that I was working at at the time, but it gave me another career. And I've met all these re- really amazing women who are also in the in the construction and industrial field. And a bunch of them were WordPress developers, including Pam Unkst and Heather Baker-Steele. And so when they told me about WordCamp, I'm like, okay. And they're like, well, what is it? They go, who cares? It's $40. Just go, (laughs) you know? So I've been going since 2013 and you know, there's a lot for bloggers. And as a marketer, like I didn't even realize that I, that I was good at it. I just was a person who was a teacher who believes in educating and self discovery. And then that, that's pretty much the way you the way you market to people, especially in especially in WordPress, nobody wants a hard sell. Yeah, I, I don't think anybody wants a hard sell. Period. No, nobody <laughs> wants a hard sell. I mean, if you're like, think about the mall. You're just trying to go to Sephora. You don't want some guy from a kiosk trying to sell you a candle. Just right, right, yeah. <laughs> no, it's true. And and so. Is that what you do for your clients? You help them through social media and the relationship building through social media for their business, like yes. customers or leads or? Yes, all of the above. So Twitter has a really great, Twitter's my favorite by far. And it's it's for several reasons, but Twitter has so many sides of it. It's a tool. It's like a diamond. There's just so many facets. So you can use it for PR. You can use it to dispense information, customer service. Obviously, you can do sales. At first click, leads are like the Loch Ness Monster of Twitter. But I think that you'll find if you look at your Google Analytics and you're using Twitter correctly, you're, you'll get a high time on site uh, to your blog posts if you're consistently publishing and promoting on Twitter. Um, but also like that whole relationship thing, which people think, well, well what is that? And I, and I always go back to things that people understand. When I was in roofing, There was a salesman from Structural Materials named Bob Brands, and he would come in once or twice a month with donuts. And even though this is 20 years ago, I still remember Bob Brands. He got the best apple fritters from Odo's Donuts at Costa Mesa. He's from Structural Materials, and that was our supplier because he built that relationship. He wouldn't just come and say, oh, here's some donuts and leave. You're like, how are you doing, Bridget? What's going on? And even though I was just accounts receivable, I wasn't the one who made the decisions on the purchases. 
I had a relationship with him. He knew I was a gatekeeper of sorts, but he also valued me as a person. And all good salespeople do that. So if you think about the way it is in the rest of the world, we follow we follow salespeople to their next job. We follow our friends to their next job. So what happens is, so I was um, working at Riggins Construction, and then people followed me for when I was representing GiveWP. And then when I went, started my own business, people were like, oh, wow, you built GiveWP. Now you're doing this. I want you to do that for me. Now my biggest customer is Pressable, you know? And so you have these opportunities because people know you and because they know that you actually care about them. And the only way it works is if you actually care about them. Mm. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, that's in this whole internet marketing automation planet that we live in at this point, building those relationships sometimes gets lost in the shuffle. And, you know, I, for me, it's, it's as matter, it's as easy as just paying attention sometimes. Right. Yeah. That's the other thing I really love about Twitter is that it's, you don't need market research. You don't need to develop some hypothetical persona of Bob, the developer, because if you use the listing function, you can put your customers on a list and you can read their tweets and you know exactly what they're thinking because they tell you, you know, what coffee they like, you know, what political party they're associated with, you know, what board games they play, you know, everything about them because they're saying it all day long on Twitter. And what I encourage my clients that I teach, because I also teach this and my friends, is that just spend, I know everybody likes to automate, but the problem with automation, if you're only automating, is the set it, forget it mentality. And so that's something you don't want to do because then you're going to miss, you're going to miss so much, right? So it'd be like sending a robot to a WordCamp. Like you could do that, but why? You know, you'd get no hallway track. All you need to do is spend five minutes a couple of times a day. I recommend like first thing in the morning and like after lunch. Look for some tweets either on your list or your home feed and, and press the reply button. Not retweet, reply and just reply to that person. Try to do one a day, then go two, then go three. And you like if somebody says, wow, I just launched my new website. What if they had said that to you in person? What would you say? Yeah, right. You congratulations. Right. It's not really yeah. that hard. Yeah. <laughs> but now, now you have them talking to you, right? And and they can say, Yeah, hey, thank you so much. And then then I can ask them, what was your biggest challenge? Right? Now I have a bigger conversation. And then they if they say something like, Well, I was using blah 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 and now now I'm doing blah, blah, blah. And if that's one of your clients, you can go, oh, wow, that's really good insight. You can stop it there, pass that insight along to your client, or you can offer another solution. Or what I usually do is like, I'll say, oh my gosh, you should totally talk to so-and-so. So my biggest thing is I connect people and then let them do their own thing, right? So the the thing is that Twitter, when you're, when you're doing this, you're, what you're doing is you're building your brand awareness, but more importantly, you're developing affinity. And when you have affinity, that leads to loyalty and loyalty leads to sales. So that's the Bob Brands effect. It's the donuts. It's structural materials. You know, you're, you're doing this one thing that's very small. It's not that big of a deal to bring a box of donuts to somebody. 
It's not that big of a deal to say hello. But to that one person who's feeling lonely, who just tweeted it out, they're worried about their dog, you say, oh, my gosh, I just went through that. How much does that mean? What's the ROI on that? You can't measure it. You can't measure the things that matter most in this world. And and you had mentioned that you were going to ask me what's like the biggest defining moment. I have so many. But if I had to pick, it would be when my husband passed away two years ago. Because after that moment in time, I realized nothing else matters except for the people in our lives. Politics, we can sit around bitching and arguing. We're never going to change anybody's minds. All we're going to do is is create adversity, right? You want to use Elementor? I want to use Beaver Builder? Fine. We can still be friends. You can even use Squarespace. I don't care, right? It's about it's about connecting over our commonalities and helping each other because we're all going through things that are equally traumatic because we're living and breathing air on this planet. And if we have ever forgotten that this life is about serving other people, then we've totally missed it. Right. Oh, I love that. Yeah, that's <laughs> – all right, show's over. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, honestly, though, like I love that because, it, you know, it, a lot of what I've shifted my business around is that relationship building with your customers because, you know, I, I grew up, and I use that term because that's what I did. I, I built e-commerce sites. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was before Amazon was there, I was building sites for Microsoft and big brands that were selling things online and, you know, selling software, you know, to, to mail CDs to people. You know, I mean, it was crazy, right? So I've always had this attraction to e-commerce for several different reasons. But over the years, I've realized that a lot of, a lot of businesses and for, you know, good reason, they're always about getting that next customer, right? But it's easier to sell to your existing customers. Exactly. That's like basic sales 101 stuff. Exactly. And it's amazing how online businesses churn along and they do well, all just thinking about the next customer. Because I experience it in and of myself, just getting emails about like, you know, I'm a current customer of yours and I'm getting emails about becoming a customer. Right. I'm like, how, what a bad experience. I'm already a customer. You know, I'm a customer. I pay you every month. Why am I getting this email? Right. So just to be able to special now, (laughs) like I I don't even know that you're taking my money. (laughs) Segment your email list. (laughs) Exactly. At at a basic level, that's all you have to do. Right. But it's just, for me, it's just like, I don't understand. Like, you know, I logged into your website yesterday. I mean, I'm a developer. I know you know these things. Yeah. Put some effort into it and know who I am as a person because that's what it is. You're a person sending out this email to other people. Just do it right. Yeah. You know, do it and do it effectively. Build that relationship. I, I, I'm a firm believer in Amazon disrupted e-commerce all the time. And I'm the same thing. I go to Amazon first before anything else. But I've been definitely seeing more of a trend towards those quote unquote mom and pop shops online that sell similar products for a higher price. But your relationship to that business and that brand and the people and the founders of those businesses are much better because it's more of that neighborhood feel. Well, here's the thing that we've We've, especially in this community in tech, 
we love we love the convenience of technology, right? But what we've done is we've we've decided that we don't need to go into an office. We we don't need to see other people in person ever. We do, like we can literally never leave our house and be totally fine. But then we've robbed ourselves of basic humanity being relationships. We are wired as social animals for connection. And I talk about it a lot, especially lately now that I'm in this weird dating phase of my life at 45 years old, of, of the snow monkeys in Japan. So the snow monkeys in Japan are the, are the only primates besides humans who can live in that uh, cold of a temperature. And, and you, you know, you've seen the documentaries where there's monkeys or, or, you know, primates that are like grooming each other and eating off the bugs and getting extra protein and all that wonderful stuff. <laughs> so they found that a couple of things. One, one is as you are the person grooming, your cortisol levels go down. So therefore your stress goes down. And then the person being groomed, of course, is being groomed. So they have a benefit of that. So every morning, the snow monkeys as a troop go down to the, to the hot springs. The thing is, this is where they do all their grooming. But if you're not in with the leader, they chase you out. And you know what happens when you're not allowed to be in the hot springs? You die. You get, yeah, you get cold. You die. Sure. Yeah. We, we have to be around other humans. You know, so it's great. I love remote work. I, I, I think it's amazing, but that's why I push people to go to meetups or yoga club or go bowling or play softball. But we do so many solitary things that we're not even interacting with humans on a basic level, buying something at the grocery store. The loneliness is the biggest health risk right now, according to studies that are published. It's a bigger risk than heart disease. And we just we don't we don't realize how much cortisol and how much stress we have because we are self-isolating. Mm. Yeah, uh, I, I've heard that before about the grooming. And and I've also as I have a cat, and my wife is not an animal person, never has been, never grew up with them, that kind of thing. So you know, and God bless her, right? <laughs> she deals with the cat and all that. But, you know, she'll, you never find her petting him or, you know, she'll feed him. But I feel like, and she's said it to me too, is like, I, I only do what's absolutely necessary if, if for, you know, you're away or whatever, <laughs> just to keep this thing going, right? Like, cause I don't want to see you sad about it. Right? So, and, and, you know, I've had him for 16 years, you know, Aww. longer than I met her, right? So, um, you know, it, I always tell her, I'm like, you know, if you pet him, your stress levels go down. Exactly. That's proven science. And, right. You know, but yeah, you know, she never going to listen to me. But, um, but it, it, it's definitely, it's definitely one of those things that, like, I, I do feel like, and there are smarter companies out there in the tech world that are trying to make relationship building online. And I, I use that term in quotes. If you could see me, I had air quotes <laughs> on that. But. You know, it, it's as easy as, you know, picking up a phone call, like you know, reaching out and things like that. So uh, I, that's something that I've been doing myself in my own business for a little while now, maybe about a year, just to, you know, kind of touch base with clients and things. So, yeah, it's awesome. I, I'm 
it's always awesome to hear other folks, you know, championing the, the same thing that I'm trying to do, you know? So, um, so question for you, what was your highest point in your career? Hmm. Highest point in my career. Well, that's, you know, it's still going. I feel like a late bloomer at 45, like really like finding my groove, but I would say definitely, I mean, I, I like speaking. It's fine, but I used to be a teacher. So it's not that big of a deal for me. I'm not like, Oh yeah, I got to speak here or there. Probably the highest point in my career was at WordCamp Europe that just happened. Um, seeing the marketing team being built so much in the last year and a half from 10 people at us to, you know, 30 people at EU last year to like 50 people at US again. And then all of a sudden it's like, you know, we didn't have Wi-Fi. We, we had, we have 172 people on our Trello board. I have seven other team leads now. And, and to see that we can, we're doing so much for the other make WordPress teams. I think watching, watching my team work uh, even without Wi-Fi, because, you know, that's always fun. Put 200 <laughs> people using the internet in a room, watch us break everything. It was awesome. It was, that was definitely, and that's volunteer work, but that was definitely, but like to me that said, you know what? I am completely qualified to handle an editorial calendar of any size. You know what I mean? Like, but you have all these doubts when you're self-taught. Like, well, I guess, you know, I've never done Google ad budget, you know, because that wasn't part of my job. I did all the organic stuff. That's what I'm good at. And so I'm always, I always believe that you should get people on your team and trust them to run. And that's what I did with, with building the other team reps. And I just, I told them, they said, what do you want me to do? I was like a coach. I want you to do this. I want you to do this. I want you to do this. There was three other of them with me. I had a bunch of them on Slack. And we just, we just did it. And it was a beautiful, beautiful thing. I think that if you, as a leader, if you don't, if you don't release, um, the, if you don't release those tasks and actually delegate, then really you're not building other people. You're just building yourself. So that was a beautiful. I need to take a lesson out of that. <laughs> delegate, delegate from a job costing from, from a legacy. Like you should be able to go on vacation. Like I missed a couple of Slack meetings. It doesn't matter. They're, they have it going. I could die in an airplane. They're, they're good. And that's what I want. To me, that's success, right? Because it's, it's a volunteer job. But even if it wasn't a volunteer job, my what what makes me like go Zoom is when somebody else gets it and other people are empowered. For example, my friend Yvette, who's uh, Sonnefeld, who is a um, marketing team rep. Last year, I met her at, at WordCamp Europe, and I encouraged her to, to apply to speak places. And she actually ran a Europe this uh, ran a workshop this year at Europe. That was her fourth time speaking in a year. That's that's what I live for. That. Yeah, I, I'm very much the same way. I try to help folks more than you know, being a pair of hands on the, on the keyboard. Right. And, yeah, uh, and not, a monkey. I, not even a right, snow monkey. <laughs> right, right, yeah. Get those hot springs. Uh, but it, it's funny too, because I was encouraged by somebody, my business mentor of sorts uh, to speak more. And so I spoke at WordCamp New York, uh, I guess 2014. And that's when I realized that I need to be out and about more and talking to more freelancers, developers, designers that are trying to build businesses because 
I was able to build a business for you know, 10 years or so by myself. People were asking me all sorts of questions in the hallway, like you mentioned before, the hallway track. Uh, you know, like, how do, how do you do that? How did you build recurring revenue? What do you do? I mean, like, you have a team, like, all these different questions. And I enjoyed those conversations more than anything else, than talking the tech stuff, because it goes back to what you were saying before. I was learning about who they were as people. Right? and what they what was important to them and and built that relationship and I still talk to many of those people and just to be able to it, was, it took me a little while and you know it's my you know thick Irish head right but <laughs> it, it took me a little while to realize that it, maybe my purpose in life is not to write PHP code maybe my purpose in life is to help spread the word about freelancers and and showing that you know life is more you know, it's not about the work that you do, but the work is just a way to do your life. Yeah, the work is the vehicle for the real calling. Right, a hundred percent. And that's that for me. It took me a long time to figure that out, and it's tough. I, I mean, I'm forty, right? And for me, it was it took a long time, and I'm like, wait, but I did. I've done all of this for you know thirty five years of my life. Like that's what I know, or whatever it is, right? And and now I'm changing. Like, can I do that? But you know, it for me that, like you said, like it it fuels my fire. My wife even tells me, like, when you know we're doing the podcast recording today, right? Um, and you know, I'm gonna come out of this high. You know, like I'd much rather have these kind of conversations than sit here writing lines of code because my wife, you know, she knows the difference. When I come out of the office, like she's like, "Oh, today was a code day because you were banging the, <laughs> the desk." And stuff, right? <laughs> so, so she knows the difference, and that's part of why I'm like, "Okay, I'm doing this because I want to spend time with my family." And if I'm I'm angry or you know unsettled because of some error that I can't get over or something like that, then I'm thinking about that, right? And I, you know, taking that time away, but you know, it's it's. Like, I love the fact that you're all about the relationships and, and things like that. And it all comes back in, in, in spades too, because like you were saying, like you do all that great work for make WordPress and, um, yeah, that I always applaud all of you that do that because it is volunteer and it's not, and it's, and it's tough, tough work, dedicated hours, all those things. So, yeah, but uh, I mean, let's be real here. Nobody's, well, I'm not in the Peace Corps. Okay. So people say to me, Bridget, how, how did you get how did you get half the clients you need in just seven months or five months or whatever it was? Where did you meet them? I go on Twitter. They go, Are you serious? I'm like, yeah. Or, or where else did you meet them? WordCamps. I don't get any business from WordCamps. I'm like, really? Do you even p track it? Like, I don't have a spreadsheet, but I can tell you every single client I have and have had, I met on Twitter or in WordCamps. So like whether they're monthly clients or one-offs and like sometimes you just like have to pay attention to what people are saying, you know, like I have a reputation of being helpful. So all of a sudden when uh, people were saying, oh man, I don't want to write my speaker bio. Oh, I hate doing that. And I needed money for my dog sitter so I could go to WordCamp Europe. I go, hey, I'll write your bio for fast, fast PayPal cash, 25 bucks. People were on that like fly on fly paper. It's because I was reading what they were saying on Twitter. So I, I was, you know, understanding the market. But then once they realized, you know, they really liked it, then they started sharing it themselves. And people were just coming to me. Hey, I heard you wrote so-and-so's bio. Can you write mine? Yep. 
And then I raised my price after 531 and I still got people to do it. You know what I'm saying? Because, because I already established the years of trust. I've already been on, you know, Twitter personally since 2007. And as you two can be a guru since 2011, I've already put in all those hours. I've already established that. I didn't just come out from nowhere. Like everybody thinks it's a, you know, it's an overnight success. Not, nothing's overnight because it's like, um, it's like there's this movie called Faith Like Potatoes because you can't see what's happening underground. You just have to let the potatoes grow. <laughs> you know, and then when it's over, it's over. You take them up and they are there or not. It's not corn. You can't see the progress. Well, that's a lot of what we do when we're doing relationships. So people go, well, you know, I tried Twitter for three months. It didn't work. Okay. It's a long-term goal, you know? And then besides when you get somebody, did you ask them where they came from? Do they even remember? Because, because it's the brand awareness component. And I used to say it like this. So I used to work at a construction company. And I had to make a left-hand uh, U-turn at this corner to go to work every day. And there was a bulletin board, a billboard by Clear Channel, always had Coca-Cola products, right? And as I made my U-turn, there's a 7-Eleven. So even though I'm a Diet Coke fan, if I had seen the the billboard, and I don't know why Coca-Cola is spending money on billboards. They've been around for 200 years. Do they really need to tell us that they exist? But they spend advertising budget on these billboards, which most people consider completely outdated, and they're not at all, right? So even if I saw that and was self-aware enough to know I want a Diet Coke, pulled into 7-Eleven, there is no way for me to report to 7-Eleven that would report to Clear Channel, that would report to Coca-Cola, that they just got $3 in line because they saw that billboard. They're paying for impressions based upon the amount of traffic that generally flows that way. They're not sitting around like people on Twitter going, oh, where's the tweet? Where's my million dollar tweet? It doesn't happen. That's not what you're doing. You're, you're, you're building relationships and you're raising your brand awareness because you want people to say, oh, who's the React developer that I know? Oh, it's this person. Oh, who teaches JavaScript? Zach Gordon, right? Like, because he's out there all the time. It's like deeply, like he took something that Matt Mullenweg said and made a hat out of it. And now everybody thinks it's Zach Gordon, not Matt Mullenweg. It's branding. It's brand awareness. It's a high level. It's not tangible. Like to me, if you, if you said, Bridget, what would be your biggest advice to people on social media? I would say that is an excellent question, sir. Here it is. Stop looking for tangible results. No, it's, it's, it's a hundred, you're hundred percent right. And I found, I, I'll be honest and I'll tell you why you're right. Because for a long time, I built my business off of Twitter. I built those relationships and all that. Then I decided, oh, I can schedule tweets. Let me do that. And so I did that for a long time. And I tweeted some of my stuff. I tweeted some of other people's stuff, basically just giving content out to the world, but automated, right? I would send out tweets every hour, you know, 24 hours a day, right? And what I found, and again, <laughs> it takes me a long time sometimes, but again, I realized this happened last October. I was like, you know what? I feel like I'm not getting engagements, meaning I'm not having the conversations that I once had. Maybe opt-ins aren't as high as they used to be, things like that, 
right? Like there was just some sixth sense in me that Twitter wasn't working the way that it was had in the past for me and my business. So I was like, let me look at this. Why is this happening? So a couple of days went by, a week went by, and I was in, I didn't shut anything off. I kept on doing what I was doing, but I was actually spending more time on Twitter than I had normally, you know, I was about twice the amount of time, uh, you know, engaging in conversations, like you said, just jumping in and hitting reply and things like that. But again, I just didn't feel like it was, it was as good. And what I found was I said, you know what, I'm just going to shut off automation, cancel that subscription and, and see what happens. Right. What's the worst that can happen? I sign up again or start it up. Right. Like, but I was like, you know what, let me stop this for a month and try it. And when I did that, I started after about a week, people were like, oh, I hadn't seen you come up lately. And everything started to come back. I started getting replies. I started getting likes and retweets and DMs and all of these other things that I had in the past, all because I was being more human. Yes. Like it's a social network, right? Yes. Like, Preach making, it. Right. So like, so I was like, I'm not, and, and, and my gut followed suit with the analytics. I looked at my yep. analytics, all my rate number. Sure. My tweet numbers went down right? I was tweeting like 800 tweets or 900 tweets a month, which is ridiculous. But I was, I, my, those numbers went down obviously because I wasn't tweeting every single hour automatically, but all the retweets, all the replies, all the profile looks, you know, detail expands, all those things went up skyrocket, like two, three, 10 times. Right. And I was like, yeah, now this makes sense. It's, it's a social network. You're supposed to contribute to that. You're not supposed to just broadcast and fire hose to everybody else that everybody's doing. And I realized that I was making people blind to my avatar. Yeah. That's a, that's a risk with with uh, the automation. So I, I like to do like maybe three tweets a day that are automated. You know, I use revival post or whatever. Um, but I've done over a thousand tweets in a month and had no problem because what I, you know, I don't want anybody to think I'm some kind of like, uh, I don't even know what the word is, but like, <clears throat> I do believe in metrics. I'm just, I think people obsess over them. So the one metric I like for Twitter and, and we, we used this when I was working with the folks at givewp.com is tweets to profile visits. That ratio, which, you know, you can just put in a spreadsheet, but I like it to be 0.2 because that's when it seems successful to me over time. And that's where I want my clients to be because it's not, it's not how much you tweet. It's how much they look at your profile. Because that's like when they're looking at your profile, they're therefore more likely to engage with you, look at your website, et cetera, all that. And then, of course, in your Google Analytics, look at, you know, what your social referrals are, you know, and it changes. But, you know, pay attention, but don't stare at it. Otherwise, it's like watching water boil, you know. And, and the thing is that you can, in your own mind, if you just stare at your own analytics, you could get really blinded to your your own bias. The confirmation bias that comes from yourself can be wrong. So data data needs context. So the thing that I care about the most is notifications. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you on that. I have a huge list of action items out of this this podcast, <laughs> I got to be honest with you. Um, just because, I, you know, I've been on Twitter, I think it was like 2009. I, it, I don't know, the anniversary tweet 
that I got from them came up just recently. And I was like, holy cow, that's been that long. But yeah, I mean, my profile is not enormous. Like, you know, I don't have, you know, a million followers by any stretch of the imagination and all that stuff. But I've, I've have new eyes with Twitter and how to use social media in a way that, look, it, it is, like you said, it's brand awareness. It's awareness of who you are. It's a relationship builder tool, right? To be Absolutely. able to reach out to customers, reach out to potential customers, reach out to colleagues and friends and, and that kind of stuff to use the internet in a way that allows us to connect as human beings. So this, this has been awesome. But before, before we wrap up, uh, what does life look like for you today and uh, moving forward? Well, my motto for myself this year is say yes to yourself. So that's why I um, am just embracing the client work but I don't have as much as I need. I have room for more. So I have a part-time job at a travel agency and that's why I'm going to go today for four hours. Hmm. Yeah. It's kind of cool though, because that's how I got my ticket for WordCamp Europe. So cheap. (laughs) 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 And they're Serbian. So I got to learn, I got to learn Serbian. Like I'm, I'm for whatever it takes to be successful in my life. And and I think a lot of times people see that if we don't have all the clients we need or if we don't have, you know, a Tesla, then we're failures. And it's not true. We're failures when we quit. Mm. It's true. I love it. And that's a that's a perfect way to end this too. Everybody listening, go to BridgetWillard.com, reach out, get on her Twitter following list get her you know make sure hold it hold her accountable you know um, but no but seriously though reach out to bridget especially if you need help with social media don't just think that the automation is there to have you contribute to the fire hose but learn you know and and reach out and like like bridget said you know just hit reply say hello congratulations how's your day that kind of thing and uh you'll see how far it gets you Bridget, thanks again for for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Till next time, it's your time to live in the feast. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope you got as much out of it as I did. And I, in fact, I look at my Twitter account very much different than. I had in the past. If you enjoyed this episode, then head on over to Live in the Feast and subscribe. Leave Bridget and I a five-star rating and review in iTunes as well, as it's going to help others find this episode. Next week, I'll be back with Ryan Carson, founder of Treehouse, where he shares his mission and what happened in his life that drives him to get up at 4.30 every single morning. You'll want to hear what he has to say on that. Until then, it's your time to live in the feast.